0: This is On The Grid, powered by talk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the radio show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us again. Big show today, Mark Walker caught up with Holden and supercar legend Craig Lowndes for a chat. Dale Rogers and I look back at what has been a big week in the world of motorsport and Richard Crowell has the week off. Lucky him. But first, the news and all the focus around the world at the moment is on the horrific crash to the Huss Formula One car driven by Romain Grosjean. Let's have a listen to the audio with thanks to Sky Sports and F1.com.
1: And a big fire there as they exited out of turn three and that looks very nasty indeed and unsurprisingly, that is a red flag.
0: Now this is after turn three, and you see Grosjean, uh, one car out there, and then Grosjean to the right-hand side, just going God, it. It's the torn the car, car in half. half.
1: No wonder the fuel came out of it. Yeah. I said the fuel was in the middle of the car, and it's literally... Whoa! Up. And he's just gone straight across Daniel Kvyat there, as you can see. That's extraordinary. It's yeah. just... The car... has gone through the barrier, you see. The car's gone through the barrier, And that's then been sort of used as a wrench, as it were, to
0: literally rip the car in half. Wow, that's
2: Roman Grosher.
0: unbelievable. We're also fortunate enough to have our man Randy the Plumber give his version of what happened. Big crash in Formula One. Big crash in Formula One. Look at Roman here. He's going through the freaking barrier, man. He drove right through the freaking barrier and bust into flames. Holy cow, what a wreck right here. This is one of the worst crashes I've seen in a long damn time. Look at that fire. And he just comes climbing out from the valley of the shadow of death, baby. Look right here. He just climbs out of there like, oh, boys, this was a heck of a crash. I'm fine, though, son. Look at this. This horrendous. The tire is on the other side of the barrier. His cockpit is split in half, and he went on the, through the barrier. Look at here, half the car over here, half the car over here, and he just climbed out of there. Oh, shit! You can check out Randy on Twitter. A lot was said about the crash from a driver's point of view. First of all, Daniel Kvyat, who was in the car that was involved in the accident with Grosjean.
2: Yeah, it was first I was very angry at him because he came across like that, you didn't do this, but... But then I was immediately very scared for him at the same time because I saw the flames. I was like, I just was hoping he was okay. To be honest, uh, that's the only thing I was thinking.
3: And, and as a racing driver, you just reset and go again.
2: Yeah, of course it wasn't nice to see. I have to admit it. Uh, but uh, you, it was busy day. A lot of incidents around me today. Like, uh, yeah, busy day.
0: Daniel Ricardo not happy with the constant use of replays of the incident.
2: That's all I want to talk about. To be honest, I'm. Uh, firstly happy that, that he's okay from it, from what I saw um, but I'm disgusted and disappointed with Formula 1 for showing or choosing the way to, to show it as they did and, and broadcast replays after replays after replays of the fire his car split in half and then like that's not enough, they go to his onboard why do we need to see this, we're, we're competing again in an hour, his family has to keep watching that, all our families have to keep watching that and you, with everyone's emotions, and it's it's really unfair. Um, it's not entertainment. I I was, I had a lot of rage. I still do, um, and I, it was just very very poorly handled, and felt like a game, and it's it's not. And Lewis Hamilton,
0: mindful that the incident could have happened to anyone of the drivers
2: yeah i mean everything everyone was shocked to see it and and it's very close to home for for a driver to see one of your fellow colleagues uh potentially injured and in, a, in flames like that i mean that was it's definitely a scary thing to see but I, i'm really so happy that he's that he's safe and healthy and um i think it just goes to show the amazing work we've done but i think people really need to recognize and even people here in garages you know, in these, even in these teams, uh, in the media, people need to recognize that it still is a dangerous sport, and and to not take it for granted. Yes, we go through weekends and we don't have big shunts too many like that, and we don't have a lot of deaths. Thank God for that. But it's still we are still traveling at crazy speeds, and as you've seen today, it still is very dangerous. So.
0: Great news is Grosjean is set to be released from hospital in the next 24 hours or so. Minor burns to his hands. The only scars he will bear. Meanwhile, Lewis Hamilton did go on to win the Bahrain Grand Prix ahead of Max Verstappen. And Alex Albon, amazing recovery from him after that big crash on Friday to finish in third place. Our man Daniel Ricciardo finishing in seventh. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, we should mention too, will also miss this week's race in Bahrain, the second of two races in Bahrain, after having tested positive to COVID-19. That's pretty much the main news of the week. Let's get straight into the show. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. All right, time to hand it over to Mark Walker, who caught up with Craig and Lara Lowndes. They are out in an island to do a bit of work for charity and the like. Let's have a listen to that interview. Over to you, Mark.
4: Lara Lowndes, Craig Lowndes. Welcome to On The Grid. We're currently on a boat. Apologies for the audio. We've spent a day on Moreton Island filming for Sax Max four-wheel drive shock absorbers. Is every day this busy, Craig?
1: Uh, well, I think, well, it is, to be honest. I think there's no doubt that uh, when you're not driving or racing, you're doing other promotions and PR stuff for sponsors, um, whether they're personal or part of the team. So today was a personal one and uh, a lot of fun. We've been, we've had a great relationship with Saks for a long time and uh, and really to incorporate what they do and how they do it and for what we do um, has been a fantastic relationship.
4: Lara, a couple of years out of being a full-time driver has he is he home more like what's the the deal you think you give up the full-time driving, and have a lot more spare
3: time. Negative. I Negative. don't ever need time to think about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, and it's a blessing in some respects. I mean, you, you're very fortunate you're able to step straight into a TV role. Um, and obviously, team commitments, while you're not driving full-time, you're still full-time in the commentary, so you're still at race weekends every weekend. Um, plus all the other commercial commitments, as you just mentioned. Plus, you know, you've been stepping in a little bit and helping with Super 2 test days and just sort of, you know, trying to dial up and help help a little bit more of the younger guys, um, put some time into that. So, again, short answer, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this year particularly weird with the whole having to go for the flyaways? You're an imposter into the uh, into the bubble sort of thing of supercars as a Queenslander. is pretty unusual. So, how did, how did 2020 sort of play out for you? Because you started out 12-hour, which seems like a decade ago. Sure. You did one race at the Grand Prix and a stint at Bathurst
1: flat out. Um, it's, it's, oh, Driving-wise, has been terrible, to be honest. I think that uh, normally we, we would have done some more testing. Uh, we would have had a 500, uh, then Bathurst, obviously, then Gold Coast. So the COVID side of it and the reshuffling of the of the calendar has been um, uh, terrible in that regards. But I think I've been lucky, though, because we're at Queensland base, that we've still been able to travel to races, although we have, as you said, been in a bubble. Um, and it's been quite weird. I think from uh, Darwin, Townsville uh, to Tailand Bend... Um, where the back of the garages are all basically we're caged off, and the, the crowds, the spectators can 't come anywhere near us. So for me the, the even in the inter- interaction of Bathurst, I, uh, we talked about this when I drove, left the car, uh, drove and left Pit Lane and drove the car to, to uh, the grid, got out of the car and there was no one there. It was just literally the crew. I actually felt like it was a test day. So there was just no atmosphere. There was just nothing. And um, But the good thing is, is that we've been able to keep racing and maintain that side of it, especially for the fans at home. I think everyone's been starving for something to watch. doesn't matter what sport it is. And I think that uh, supercars have done a fantastic job this year to maintain that bubble. I know that uh, post Bathurst, we actually quarantined over to South Australia. Um, we all had to quarantine, um, but we chose to go to South Australia because we'd never really driven uh, across there and, and ventured around and had a look. So that was nice to be able to do that and, uh, and of course see some parts of Australia we have never seen before.
4: Like We saw the, the Cali's road trip and you guys had a bit of, bit of fun as well. Uh, it's a weird opportunity 2020's presented for a lot of people. I mean obviously from the miles point you didn't get as many race miles in but uh, got to see some cool things and, and especially with your lockdown at the double header events like Darwin and Townsville and Adelaide as well. Got to uh, spend a bit of time in those places.
1: Yeah, I think the good thing is, is is supercars again, we're trying to uh, showcase the, I suppose, the areas of where we were racing. So in Darwin, we went to to Tiwi Island. to have a look at that and, and do some barrow fishing with uh, J- Davey Reynolds and um, James Courtney. Um, Townsville, we went out to the reef and went diving with uh, Fabian. So we tried to then showcase some of the areas of where we actually race, instead of just being a racetrack. It's it's trying to show people, um, you know, what what actually we have in our backyard, and, and even as getting back to the quarantining, um, seeing some pubs and and roads and people that you just never would have seen. We, we said that we'd, we'll drive up the Birdsville track because we've never done it before and uh, what, what an experience that was. So yeah, we, we literally did what the Callies did in reverse and uh, did quarantine to get back into Queensland which was a lot of fun and uh, you know uh, showed Lara a big red and and got out to Birdsville um, although it was 48, uh, 46 degrees so uh, yeah, it was damn hot.
4: So you're doing a lot of off-roading at the moment. You've won the Australian Safari before. If, if something like that came up on the agenda again, would you have a, would you have a crack?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's no doubt that uh, you know, I'd love to do something. I think that uh, you know, even seeing what Shane did in New Zealand, um, having a crack at a proper rally car. And, uh, proper yeah. rally
3: car being the operative word. I brought you over to
4: the dark side of rally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
1: Lara's background's rally, so, uh, yeah, look, it did a bit of fun.
4: So... One thing I was trying to get at before with being so busy, you guys are involved with a lot of charitable uh, causes, which is awesome. Um, Lara, for you, one that I I became in contact with very closely was the Common Good up at the Prince Charles Hospital. You do an incredible job up there with that side of things and you're very heavily involved with that.
3: Yeah, I'm a board director, so I've been a board director um, for The Common Good, which is an initiative with the Prince Charles Hospital Foundation for three years, um, and I've just been reappointed for my sins for another five. Um, so it, it's my background. I mean, I'm a pharmacogeneticist, so it's something that's very close to my heart, um, pardon the pun, with a Heart and Lung Transplant Hospital for Queensland, but... Um, so yeah, and I mean, obviously, and I mean, I've always said I don't sit next to you in the race car. You don't sit next to me at my desk while I'm working. It's really important that we both have our own individual things that we're passionate about to work on. So yeah, and for me, that's you know, contributing and donating my time to the board and the common good. Um, and actually, yeah, seeing it's it's fantastic when you can hear stories like yourself where you know that an organisation that is actually just running on the smell of an oily rag that we're all in their sleeves pulled up including board directors actually directly touch people's families heart transplant patients, people that have been in ICU, you know the list goes on.
4: So there's a bit of a motorsport connection in there at the moment, a lot of people uh, know someone who's on board there
3: uh, At the Common Good? Yeah, no, oh really? Yeah, no, great, so there is, yeah, I've, um, I've poached shall we say. So um, recently, I'm not sure, you know, particularly those that don't live in Queensland, it's a, a stalwart of Brisbane culture, basically, when you go to the Ecker, which is our royal show. Um, you get a dad with dog and you get a strawberry sundae, so, which is synonymous with going to the Ecker. So we actually received the proceeds from those strawberry Sundays. That's an initiative of the common good. This year with COVID, obviously, the ECHA being cancelled, all the activities, our cycle of giving, et cetera, all being cancelled. That's a massive loss to a charity like us. And that, again, directly impacts people that are at the coalface with families in hospital, people incredibly unwell, and, I mean, just trying to actually create medical discoveries. So as part of that, it was a pretty gloomy board meeting in June where we all sort of sat around and looked at each other with very pale faces and wide eyes. Um, So we made the decision that we needed to do something big, get something going. We actually had pop-up strawberry Sunday stalls and um, take-home packs. But as part of that, I pulled our CEO aside. I'm like, I've got the guy for you. So he's a doer. He's a fantastic guy. He's very well-known in supercars. There's a lot of people that have a huge amount of respect for him. And that's what I said. If we're going to do this, we need to do it properly. And this is your guy. So we've actually poached Ben Nightingale formerly of um, DJR Team Penske and, before that, Supercars themselves. Uh, So, yeah, now he's our communications and media boss now in the Common Good. So, very happy indeed keeping it in the family. That's
4: exactly right. and I mean, he's just an awesome operator. A lot of people, like you said, have huge respect for him. So, it's good that he's landed on his feet there and involved with a very good cause. Other things that you guys are involved with, Mates for Mates, RSPCA, so there's a lot going on behind the scenes that not necessarily a lot of people would see.
3: Yeah, I mean you don't go out there and stand on the street corner and say hey look at what we're doing. I mean also we've we've got a very close connection with and you're the ambassador for the Australian Road Safety Foundation. You're actually off to Canberra to meet with the Minister on Friday to do the Christmas Road Safety Message. So yeah, I mean look, sport's been very good to us um, and you've been very fortunate to have such a fantastic career in sport. You can't our view is you can't just take, you have to give back so there's so many punters out there people whose lives these organisations touch Um, but it's I guess we've been very deliberate in in selecting a couple because if we're going to stand by an organisation we, you know, skin in the game sleeves rolled up, you've got to get in there and be doing it, not just be a token have it on your website and that's it so yeah, it's a pretty proud part of our life but again we don't sort of gloat about it no, it's very good. Well done, Craig.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of it, it's one of those things, as Lara said, like, that we chose those ones because they're close to our heart. Like the RSPCA for us, we both love animals. We've got a rescue dog at home. So, you know, we feel for, for what they do and, and how they do it. And, and um, the Waco, uh, Waco, um, Outlet is, is something that's you know we, we've we've helped we actually helped raise some money for them um, so that for us was a great uh, initiative. The mates for mates we've done a number of things. We go to their barbecues and 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 just listen to some of the stories of, of the returned soldiers and and what they go through trying to. Uh, Reconnect with the with the normal gen, general day-to-day sort of living than than obviously than what they've been trained for. So it, it is a massive undertaking that, that that they go through, and mates for mates are not only just for that. It, it's the uh, the psychological side of it, the rehabilitation of it, and uh, you know, Lara's mum served. Um, so it is close to our heart, and uh, and your grandfather yeah so uh, for, for us it's, it is it's something that is very easy to to get back and, and get behind and support and give back so
4: 2021 is just around the corner and 2020 buggered up a lot of things for a lot of people and I mean you're at the stage where you're looking down the barrel of doing some more international events some Le Mans or spa or, or whatnot that you've been red hot keen to do but still we're sort of in this bubble in Australia that is making life very difficult for that
1: well, it is, and I think that's why we've done the 12-hour so many times now. I think that because of that international connection and, and a lot of drivers that I've, I've raced against previously in my, in my former life, being in Europe, so that was always a great foundation for us because, you know, we obviously we know Bathurst extremely well. The cars are very different, but, uh, you know, the performance and, and the... The ability of drivers, uh, Mika Salo, and a few that we've been with, have been incredible. So it, it really, for us, 12 hours have been really important. You know, that's not on the calendar for next year, which is which is a damn shame because it also gave us a bit of a leg in to talking to the international drivers and teams to see whether we could do some more things overseas. You know, this year we we potentially had a tw- uh, Le Mans 24 hour, which I've been quacking on about for all my life, um, Spa 24 hour. Uh, opportunity to race which that was something spa we've done but we would, would have loved to go on back and do again so yeah the covid side of it it's, it's caused a lot of headaches i know that like shane van Gisbergen, and tim slade few of us all had uh, potentials to be at lamont um, and, we, and again whether 2021 now opens that door again whether we can start traveling that's a whole new unknown and uh, we've just got to sit and wait
4: I mean, we probably shouldn't forget Bathurst. You'd like to forget Bathurst 2020. <laughs> What a bummer. It's just not a, a Jamie Wincup thing to have happen. I mean, I think it was shock more than anything that he, he wound up in the fence. It's just not something that he does.
1: Yeah, no, it's not now. Look, we're all human. We all make mistakes. But, um, you know, I, I started the race, did my stint, got out, um, and, and the car was coming to us, or the track was coming to the car. So, you know, we are feeling more comfortable with it. I was actually in the transporter when Lara got the, the word... Um, that there was a safety car initially and we thought, oh, well, that's, a, that's okay, great, save some fuel and then realising it was us. Mm. Um, that was the shock. That was the, like, holy, like, what happened? And I literally then ran back to the garage to see what happened, saw the replay. And, yeah, it was a little bit uncharacteristic of um, Jamie to, to do a, or have a mistake like that. But as I said, we're
4: all human. Well, that was 2020. Uh, have you got any 4 driving tips Say reversing. What would you say about reversing a four-wheel drive?
1: Um, if you're not good at it, practice it. Um, and I know Lara is actually you know, a damn good reverser, and uh, she reverses the caravan into spots that. Uh, um, I uh, mean,
3: um, the bigger the bit... unit, the easier it is to reverse. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I told her that. <laughs> Give me a box trailer, and I would get a little bit sweaty. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so, driving tips: don't put him in a car park shocker hey hey hey! don't give up all my secrets shocker in a car park can't park Aww. to save himself but you're too polite that's the thing you've got to commit buddy <laughs> all right okay all right.
4: This, is, this is big <laughs> we've finally got some news here on the grid craig and lara lounge thanks for your time
3: thank you very much thanks for having us guys
0: this is on the grid on mypodcasthouse.com all right joining me for a chat this week we're giving the other boys a week off. Of course, uh, Mark had that interview with Craig Lowndes and Richard's just having a week off, which is lovely for him. But uh, Dale Rogers joins us for a chat this week. How are you, Dale?
5: Hi, Tony. I'm really well. We've got the whole show to ourselves, so we'll uh, this will be the award winner.
0: What havoc could we come up with? <laughs> hey, mate, uh, it's been an interesting week and we'll talk F1 shortly because, boy, there was a lot happening in Bahrain. Over the weekend. But first of all, let's have a quick look at what's happening in the world of supercars. And it's not much except for the fact that uh Auto Action have published a proposed calendar, which seems to be the calendar that has gone out to the Teams and the TV and all that sort of stuff. Just needs to be finalized with a few signatures, I would have thought, but it looks pretty much like it will be the calendar for 2021.
5: Yeah, it does, Tony. Um, there are still obviously questions about the Australian Grand Prix, and we believe that uh, the emission of Sandown from the calendar, which obviously is, a, I think, a loss to to the calendar, but but it is it is off for 2021. But we believe that it could be pegged in as the reserve for that March uh, 18 date, should um, the Formula One race at Albert Park not go ahead. And uh, uh, and whilst that's still a long way away, Tony, um, even as late as today. Um, Craig Tyley from the uh, Australian Open uh, is still speculating whether or not the Australian Open tennis tournament will in fact occur. Um, it's it's more likely now to be in early February, and that's starting to get pretty close to uh, to March for the Grand Prix. So uh, uh, yeah, there's still a lot to play out with with just how uh, Australia and in particular Victoria is going to deal with bringing in large groups of uh, of international. Uh, Players. I think Formula One, just to add to that, Tony has done an outstanding job in corralling their their people uh, as they've travelled around Europe uh, this year.
0: Yeah, they certainly have. So on the on the list for Sandown is an opening race, which is uh, Bathurst, the Bathurst five hundred. A month yeah. later, they come down for the Australian Grand Prix and then uh, go through the rest of it for us.
5: Yeah, then it looks like Simmons would be the next stop, which is logical. When the teams, that's that's a logical hop, and it's been done many times before. They leave Albert Park, go straight to the boat and then go across to uh, to Simmons. Uh, obviously, there's some work. Some teams will stay here and then go. Uh, then back to Taylor men, which is announced. So that date has been announced at uh, at the Bend uh, in May. Uh, later in May, Winton. Um, which, if there's ever a way to penalise Winton, stick it in the middle of the year where we're all freezing. Uh, and then the two uh, northern rounds, Darwin at the end of May and, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Darwin in the middle of June and then Townsville early July. Those dates are pretty sealed because that's their normal dates. Uh, August 22, uh, Sydney Motorsport Park under lights. Uh, and that again is, is, is in keeping with where that event's been. Yeah. Then across course, the Wanneroo, this is, the, this is the, 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 the weekend that would normally be at Sandown. September 11 and 12. That is an under light event as well, or an evening event. Uh, that's that's a big haul. So you're going from Townsville to Sydney, Motorsport Park to Warrnambool, and then uh, effectively a four week break to come back to Bathurst, which is the only endurance race this year uh, that, that is on our on our late calendar. Courtesy of Mark Fogarty, uh, New Zealand is earmarked for late uh, in or early in November, and then back for a finale on the gold coast um and i think the reason that that we are seeing that this is not yet uh, official um and indeed you know we're speculating on the order but i think folk has got this pretty close to being right there is still question marks over the gold coast race i think there's still contracts in play uh, as sean Seymour has said there's still the the partners have to be uh, or the various partners the broadcast partners the commercial partners and of course governments in in case of a couple of those events have to be Locked away, but you can take to the bank that we will be going to Bathurst twice for the Bathurst 500. And that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, great thing. Great, great place to start, Tony, isn't it, really? Starting at Bathurst with two 250k races. I think that's going to be an awesome start to the series.
0: It's got a little bit of a NASCAR feel about it, doesn't it, with uh, starting their uh, first race at their major track, which is Daytona.
5: Yeah, it has. And of course, it, it does replicate the Adelaide 500, which we sadly uh, are going to miss. Uh, being a 500k event to start the season off so um uh and it it could be at the end of february just as goddamn hot as it is in Adelaide as it is at bathurst so uh yeah there's a lot of factors coming to play it'll be great as i said i hope the grand prix goes ahead i think there's been resolution on the various tv um deals to be to be had uh and that will be a points race uh should go ahead so Look, it's it's a it's a condensed calendar, slightly condensed. They talked about fewer rounds. There are fewer rounds, but uh, apart from sand down, I think you'd have to say that um, you know the major tracks are there, and uh, potentially two events under lights, which is great. So uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, they can announce it pretty soon, and we can uh, we can we can plan our journey around the country next year.
0: I think there's a good decision in regards to the Gold Coast being the final event. if you're uh, you're looking for something and a little bit of an extra incentive for the Queensland government to make sure that they go through with it, you're giving them the final round, which means that the next night there's going to be major parties and the awards nights and all that for Porsche Carrera Cup, probably for supercars and for probably a few other categories. So that extra 24 to 48 hours of investment into that southeast Queensland region is a major incentive.
5: Yeah, that's right, Tony. The, the 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 contract with New South Wales government has been in the last couple of years to finish the event in in New South Wales, and uh, that gave them the event, uh, the gala event each year at various locations in the city, centre of the city. But with Newcastle off the off the calendar, uh, I agree with you. I think the Gold Coast is a is a fantastic place to finish. It's a party event anyway, and uh, it'll be a great place to see the season out. And uh, interesting though, even with a condensed uh, calendar. Tony, we're still running from February to December, so uh, um, I'm at a condensed number of events, I should say, but which really means that, you know, we're, we're in a lot of cases, we're looking at four weeks, you know, between events, and I know this is one of the great bugbears of trying to put a calendar on the ground, but, uh, you know, you start to fade out during football season, and uh, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I think we'd all like to see more events, but but you know, the costs of, of and, and moving the, the, the circus around the country, the 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 not only the human cost, but the cost of running the cars is incredibly high. Teams will be actually, of course, um, looking at building new cars for 2022, and with Gen 3 on the way. So uh, look, I think all in all, coming out of the year, we're coming out of if they can put that calendar on the ground and and run it, it's it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And then obviously, 2022 will be a different thing. Hopefully, Sandown back into the fixture. Hopefully, Adelaide back into the fixture as well. If there's a change of government, and uh, we start to look like a, a more normal year.
5: Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I think I think Sandown is a is a is a loss. Uh, it's always great. And uh, you know, again, you look where you can take the racing to to people. And uh, uh, you know, with respect, there's a lot of those lot of those tracks that are a long way out of capital cities. Um, and uh, Sandown is a you know a ready-made complex, sort of twenty minutes out of, or thirty minutes out of the centre of, of Melbourne. But uh, anyway, it's what it is. Um, I think the the two lights, the, the events under lights, have proved to be a great success, and that they'll be they'll be great addition We'll see them back on the calendar. And of course, yeah. as we've said um, a couple of times, the Bathurst uh, won't go astray.
0: We had a great chat with Ryan Story last week, and one thing he didn't let go was the fact that uh, he was going to go onto the Australian Motor Racing Commission. We know that he's jumped off the V8 Supercars commission and uh, relinquished his position there and now holds the position of chairperson for the uh, amrc yeah uh, looks after motorsport here in australia as part of motorsport australia it's a a lovely spot for him
5: it's fantastic and great recognition for ryan i mean he's uh he's done an enormous amount of work in a relatively short time i think that you've got to remember that ryan has not been you know a real fixture in this sport um a, a, is involved in the industry for for much more than a decade but he's doing a, a a fantastic job and he he will be very good on that and it, the the Motorsport has announced condensed uh a number of commissions <coughs> Part of me is a good thing and um effectively there there is a there is a, a, a motor racing commission there's an off-road commission and rally commission and i think the people they've lined up on those uh on those boards uh, are absolutely so good on him and uh uh He'll have a busy year, not only running his uh, his team, that'll be uh, people over his shoulders from America. But uh, this will be, I'm sure, a, a time-consuming thing. But uh, Ryan's up for it. He's he's a very very intelligent man, and uh, I think he'll do a great job.
0: Certainly will. Uh, that's pretty much it for news and supercars. It's been a fairly quiet week. I think everyone's just waiting for the calendar to drop.
5: Yeah. Look, uh, you know. the... the the fact that the, the, the season finished at Bathurst, uh, uh, you know we're normally finishing up around uh, this time at, uh, uh, at Newcastle, uh, then there's a few ride days everyone packs up, but uh, you know most of the teams are home um, and a uh, few ride days are happening, but in the main they are finished and they deserve, to, I think they deserve their early break this year after the year that, had particularly our, our teams down here in Victoria have done an extraordinary job, so yeah, look, a, a great end of the year at Bathurst and, and really I think congratulations to Supercars as, as everyone has said that they've it's an awesome break. Good break for the guys, and uh we'll go racing again in 2021.
0: Yeah, we certainly will. Let's turn our attention then to Formula One, Dale, and uh, what an amazing weekend it was. Saw a massive crash for Alex Albon on the Friday in his Red Bull. Absolutely wrecked that. And uh his thumbs up to the uh, Red Bull mechanics for giving him a car that was fairly competitive on the Sunday, got him on a podium. But all eyes and all focus of the discussion from that race was on The first lap incident with Romain Grosjean heading under the Armco barrier and uh, that car catching on fire and the escape and and all that sort of stuff. Could you believe what you were seeing when you were watching it?
5: Well, I wasn't still up at that time of the morning, but I'll be honest with you. uh, That one escaped me a little bit because it was a bit later, but uh, I did watch it early in the morning. and uh, Boy, boy. Um, The one thing, Tony, I think that... that, that, uh, is important this is that 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 i don't like the word miracle being used it's not a miracle he's alive at all um extraordinary work that has been done over a long long period of time dating back to to jackie stewart to sid watkins and all the people that have worked tirelessly on safety in motorsport particularly in formula one because everything that they've done over the last 20 25 years uh, including um, the improvements to the the, the actual driver's cell of the car, the introduction of the halo, uh, the introduction of hands device many years ago, the extraordinary um, work that goes into the driver apparel, and it's something I had a lot to do with in the uh, in the early two thousands. Um, that all those things came together. Uh, and really save Ramon's life. So miracle, no. Uh, hard work, fantastic. Um, you know, presence of mind by the by, uh, uh, Alec Van der Merwe and the doc uh, in the car to yeah. pull him behind. You know, playing the, fly, the fire extinguisher the right way to get him out. The fact that Grosjean was able to undo that that belt and climb out himself was was again, you know, just it, it just shows. But yes, it's a bloody dangerous sport, and, and I think this accident's brought it home to us. But what people who, I guess, are watching it from the, the, the outside, seeing this thing unravel was the, uh, uh, that pretty well everything happened uh, in that accident that you would hope. I mean, it's now pretty certain that the halo sliced the arm coat. Um, the, the halo itself can withstand the weight of two double-decker buses. So you know, this, the, the, without that halo, um, I don't think we'd be having this conversation in this tonality. Um, but also the fact that with a, a 50g crash at 135 miles an hour, um, you know, the hands device keeping Romaine in that in that car, the, the 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 support that you always see the drivers pull out after the race before they climb out of the car, all those things um, would. I guess the thing that was really um a bit mind-blowing was the car splitting in half yeah
0: um
5: and the just the the fireball that it created so um uh, there's been a lot of discussion since tony on, on the angle of the fencing uh whether it actually was at the right angle and there is some there's some discussion now to say that it's uh it's it's it should have been about five degrees and it's at 15 degrees so there's a, there's, there's some there's some scientific uh, scientific technical work that has to be done and i believe that the the concrete barriers will stay in that position for the uh, the event next week. But look, all in all, I think you can just look at the 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 absolute bravery and and presence of mind of the officials and and the um, you know, the FIA guys at the scene of the accident. I know there's been a fire marshal criticised running across the track, but it's probably another story. Um, and the work that's gone in to to make this and really, I guess, the turning point for Formula One was was Ayrton center's death um, the heightened awareness and safety really you can trace back to that day and every so often there's been a major major step forward and uh, uh, to see it to see it come out this way and Roman really just with with uh, some obviously he'll be knocked around and but he's got some minor burns uh, and again um, you know all his personal apparel and everything just worked worked very well so uh, extraordinary accident uh, there's no question about it, it was it was uh, uh, and he's he's a guy that's that's had a few over the yeah, years absolutely. he hasn't been shy to uh to, to knock a few around but uh um and it, and again you know i think if, if if you and i uh go back went back to that circuit where we were there for the supercars many many years ago uh if you said like a car's going to come catapulting off a of turn three into that wall you'd say come on you know you're kidding me but again, racing cars do strange things, don't they? They they arrive in places they yeah. shouldn't arrive in, doing things that they shouldn't be doing very, very often.
0: So, uh, so I saw a I saw a theory today that there may have been some damage to a car in front of Grosjean that may have flown off and hit the tyre and punctured it. Hence, the reason why he went right so severely. Yeah, he certainly moved across, didn't
5: he? Um, you can see that clearly
0: uh, from the onboard. But
5: it, it, he did go because that's possible. Um, uh, yeah, it uh, may well. It may well be. I, I think that you know the, the rollout of the inquiry will, will, will ascertain that. But uh, he did move across. But you know, I, I, with no disrespect to Grosjean at all, he has been in a lot of first lap accidents. I mean, let's let's. Yeah, no, he has. You're right. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. Please don't uh, troll me now that I've said that. But uh, he's he's a guy that likes to get on with it on lap one. Um, uh, but you may well be right. He may have been forced uh, forced to move right. But uh, uh, you know, and I think the, the, the aftermath of it was was interesting. Tony, wasn't it? were
0: the- was some interesting reactions, no doubt about that, Dale. I think Vettel's reaction about the Armco and the angle was quite interesting. I think Ricardo's reaction about the numerous replays that were shown were also quite interesting as well.
5: Yeah, I think it you know what it does show is that, uh, albeit that they're fierce competitors, that there is a there is a very strong bond in that pit in that Formula One pit, and. Uh, uh, I think Ricardo's point of showing it over and over and over again whilst they were waiting to
0: go racing uh, was questionable. Uh, perhaps- let's, let's talk about your view on this. Uh, my view is is that once they found out that he was fine, then I, I can understand the replays going on from that point of. We, we do exactly the same in the AFL and, and other sports as well that if there seems to be a serious injury, then the replays are basically withheld until there's some sort of, especially at the ground itself or at the track, not so much on TV. TV seemed to be a, a league to themselves in regards to to their rules. But there's no way that Ricardo would have known what TV was showing. He would have just seen what was happening on the track.
5: Well, there's probably there's two things there. One is that, that your football analogy is a very good one, but the players do not walk into it if they've stopped or they have to go off the ground or, or if it was something major, they, they're not confronted with a, with a sea of television sets. Um, when the drivers got out of their cars in, in pit lane, every garage, uh, everything on the pit wall, there is a sea of TV monitors. So uh, even when they're sitting in their own pits, yeah. they're watching it. I totally agree that it was, it was handled correctly for uh, until we knew that Raman was in the car uh, in the medical car and you could see him talking uh, totally right the question is is whether or not the feed uh, to the garages um and the feeds are controlled should have been the same as the feed to the world and i think that's probably the question yes i think if we, we were watching it um and, and there was certainly there was there was no report from uh, the team, but also you could see the medical car that that Roman was on the way and 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 they're moving him, then they, they chop it him out. Um, I think Ricardo's point was that that, that you're seeing it in the pit lane to that extent he was it upset him and and I think that's that's uh, uh, that's that's a fair comment. But whether or not the feed should have been um, uh, sent globally to to ourselves watching it on TV with what we saw, and uh, it should have been uh, petered off a little bit in the pit lane. I think that's a, that's a question. And if you think back to to the Ayrton Centre accident, um, the feed was actually cut um, globally, albeit that, as I understand, the feed continued in the garages okay, where you could see quite clearly what was going on uh, with Ayrton in the car. So, look, it's a very fine line, isn't it? Um, um, I, I, I totally concur with you, though, is once that you know that the person that, that, that is involved is uh, conscious, uh, is not obviously in a serious, serious way, and Grosjean yeah. clearly wasn't, um, I, I think it's it's a pretty fair, um, fair thing to show. And, look, it, it, you know, this sport, a big part of this sport and a big part of the appeal of this sport is that danger side of it. Um, you know, people watch NASCAR for crashes. Not necessarily for racing. So uh, yeah, look, it's an interesting and I, I don't think there's any right answer to it, and we've all got our opinions on it. But I didn't think it was uh,
0: completely over the top. I've got to so say when I watched it. Now, mate, Pete the plumber got a little bit excited about it all. Pete, the, yeah, Randy,
5: Randy the, Randy plumber. the plumber. Randy
0: sorry. the plumber, sorry.
5: Yeah, well, he's my, look. If you, as I said on, the, if you want to know what's going on, you just you follow Randy. He he had the whole thing sussed.
0: I was uh, I was very fortunate to. Uh, normally we would have you as our F1 correspondent in the news, Dale, but it was great that Randy. Put his hand up and said that he would yeah. be our correspondent yeah. for this week.
5: He'd give it a run.
0: <laughs> That's this week. Thankful to him <laughs> for doing that. Uh, Lewis Hamilton takes another win, yeah. Boring now, give someone else a chance, mate. Come on,
5: yeah. But uh,
0: you know, what the worst part about it is for me is that now that cars and teams are focused on 2021 and the product that we're offering for 2021 in Formula One. There's going to be no changes to these cars in the next two weeks so we're pretty much going to see same old same old i would have thought for this race in bahrain and abu dhabi
5: yeah well i mean, if it, it, it take the 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 latter first abu dhabi um although a visually beautiful track is a shocking race track for racing um yeah. it, it's it just doesn't deliver there's a couple of corners that if you get a run on it you can do it and it's all it's all drs driven however Looking at the map of Bahrain, on the outer ring, um, it's about four corners on a three and a half kilometre track. It is just going to be an absolute, absolute pedal to the metal, flat out um, race. It's going to be an extreme car race, won't it? Well,
0: in, in in a way, yeah.
5: It's it's going to be weird. Oh, we've never seen these cars um, just go from you know a little wiggle to a long straight after long straight after long straight. So. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the two straights that are being used at the moment you know, a 325-kilometre straights. So God knows what they're going to be doing at the, the end of it. So from a DRS perspective, you may find that um, the run you get catapults you forward, literally. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you're right. Look, they're, they're, they've got the best car by a mile. But I, Tony, what, I think what is interesting is that Dan, uh, although he didn't have the best race, he, he did scramble some points, and he's back in fourth place. Um, at 102 points in front of but, Perez, who had the major blow-up, who's he's now past Perez. and uh, Leclerc's up to 98, and Lando's on 86, and Sainz is on 85, and Albon's on 85. Yeah. So from fourth to ninth, they're separated by, if my mathematics are right, uh, about 17 points. So um, it's it's you know, the the battle for once you leave the top three for the points is is fantastic, and, and the constructors too. So um ricardo's in a great spot um he's just got to keep bungling him up but but you know those the uh, the 2019 mercedes uh cloaked as a racing point um you know perez looks like he could he could quite easily do that but uh great you know I'd so say it's a great points battle uh, i mean hamilton's gone and in the and really you know verstappen could catch um uh, bottas as well yeah he could um so, um, it's a couple
0: of DNFs now for valtieri in the last few races. Yeah,
5: look, he's you know, i tell you what, he he's a driver, Tony, in my opinion. That if when he's up, he's fine, and when he's down, boy, oh boy, he is he really cracks the sads, doesn't he? You know, a lot of things I know he's got a bit of the Mark Webber car about him, things go wrong with his car, but um, he just does not like look as though he's enjoying this at all at the moment.
0: No, exactly right. And good to see too that uh, they've already announced the uh, driver for. Romain Grosjean, he's replacement at Haas for this weekend. And Pietro yeah. Fittipaldi is uh, yes, being in the stadium.
5: How's that name coming back into Formula Yeah, 1? I know. So, uh, yeah, obviously connections with the Haas team. It was a bit of a surprise, I thought, um, that he'd be the choice. But uh, I guess the, the guys that you would want to see in the in the car are all battling uh, for the F2 um, championship. In particular, um, Mick Schumacher and uh, Callum Eilert, who's actually announced he won't be driving next year, uh, and and Nikita Masurepan, so all the guys that are lining up for that drive are are racing in F two. So clearly, um, you know, you couldn't have pulled one of those guys out because yeah. they're they're in championship mode. So I guess what they've had to do is look at uh, the availability, and he's he's got a house connection. So a uh, great name to have back in, I think. Uh, um, you know, just just to, uh, to just to well, just to finish will be a huge effort for him when I mean, the car's not good anyway, um, and. Uh, they certainly won't be giving him Romains' car. Or, uh, no, not. Or much. should I say the remains of Romains' car?
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, no, definitely no it's good. Man.
5: It's good to have a young. It's really a fire sale
0: right. on that one. Does <laughs> it? Uh, the grandson of two-time FIA Formula One world champion and, of course, double Indy 500 winner Emerson Fittipaldi. Pietro, while uh, getting that drive for Romain Grosjean, some interesting uh, news uh, from Audi this week. So. Yeah,
5: I, look, this is this is big news. In, in, in I reckon that that this is the first of the manufacturers, Tony, that have actually said uh, we're we're leaving Formula E. Now, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that uh, when they all dumped Formula One to go and onto this electric madness with Formula E, that it was only a matter of time before the manufacturers said, "Yes, we've done that. Now we'll move on again." And sure enough, here comes Audi. They've done it, but what they've what they've committed to is really interesting. They are back in at Le Mans, um, uh, but not in a in a hypercar, but in the uh, Le Mans LMDH, which is the Le Mans Daytona um, uh, hybrid. So it's effectively it looks very much like um, the LMP1 cars of today. Um, they've also announced that they will move to uh, focus on Dakar, and that will be their electric. Uh, yeah. Program and they'll run the, uh, the new car and that. But it's it's really interesting when you look at what Audi have moved out of in recent years, and this is this is fascinating. Given the size of the group, I mean, you're talking about a massive conglomerate. But it, in in recent times, they've axed the Audi DTM program, the VW World Rally Championship program, the LMP1 Audi World Endurance Championship, which of course they've now announced they're coming back to under the the new rules. The Audi World Rallycross Team, the factory Audi and Volkswagen World Touring Car Programmes, so there's and and now of course Formula E, so they'll continue to be a Formula E partner because they do obviously have uh, power units and, and these electrical engines in those cars. But um, this is I think it's a it's a it's a big loss for um, uh, for Formula E, and I just wonder Tony whether or not this is the first chink in the armour for the category that uh, was going to it's take really the world over um it's certainly, it's not taken my world over by any stretch. I find it uh, all a bit Mickey Mouse. But, uh, um, yeah, well, it's... it's you,
0: with honesty, though, what don't you like about it?
5: I'd love to see the cars on a real racetrack, day. I, yeah. I just I think the cars, that the circuits they run on are just so stupid. You know, you, you've got... Some of the corners, you've got to do a three-point turn to get around the bloody corner. Um, so I just find that, that the whole show is is... You know, I love street racing. Um, you know, I'd love to see those cars on, on some of the tracks that the Indy cars go to, or, or some of the other the Formula Threes go to. But I'd also love to see them at Donington, or I'd love to see them at uh, um, you know an American road road course, uh, because I think that the circuits they race on and they take the all about bring it to the people in inside the city. Well, most of the events are free, so of course they get a crowd. Um, um, they're just Mickey Mouse tracks. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, in some cases it's barely one and a half cars wide. So um, no, I'm sorry, it just never turned me on. I mean, they crash a lot. I guess that's something. But, but look, that's big news for Audi. So, um, but it's great to see because it starts to formulate now this the hypercar which we've had a couple of manufacturers uh, commit to uh, Aston Martin obviously are in Toyota are in. Uh, and the Peugeot is still vacillating a bit, and Glickenhaus, one of the one of the small constructors, are in. So there will be some hyper cars, but having Audi back in this uh, LMDH formula, which which brings in the the IMSA cars, um, I think will kickstart uh, World Endurance Championship sports car racing again, uh, after it's had a couple of uh, pretty up and down seasons.
0: Talk to Porsche could be entering uh, re-entering the category as well.
5: Yeah, well, that's quite possible, isn't it? I mean, it, sports car racing tends to do this. It, it tends to bring, you know, you get one of them in, Toyota have stayed, thankfully, which is great. And then, uh, you know, it tends to bring them back in. And sports car racing, in, and now that it has a couple of different avenues to racing in the World Endurance Championship, um, I think is a lot, often a lot more relevant to the people that are buying those cars, you know, the buying that mark of car. Far more relevant than the, the electrification of an of a, 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 a open-wheel concept. So... Um, you know, for me, I think it's, it's a great thing. And, look, I'm, I'm an unashamed sports car fan, but uh, I think it could be a really good thing. It does start to set the season up well for next year. So,
0: yeah, good good news. All good news. Good news, mate. And the good news that I was told today that you and I will be doing this little segment together was even better. So oh, thank you, Tony. Thank you for your work today, mate. Really appreciate it. And look forward to catching up with you again soon. You too, mate. I'll see you soon. Dale Rogers joining us here on The Grid. And thank you for joining us as well. Hope you've had another great show. Hope you've had another great week. We look forward to catching up with you again next week right here on mypodcasthouse.com or the Radio Show Limited's RS1.